Welcome to episode 64 of Chew On This, a Nerds United podcast. I'm BJ. Vic. So we are on the eve of the inauguration, and by the time this podcast drops, uh, we will have a new president. Yeah. So we thought, uh, we're trying to figure out what kind of uh, what kind of episode we should do today, so we, we thought it'd be appropriate. So this is Chew On This Goes to the Dark Side. It is our... <laughs> <laughs> it is our, um, what do you want to say? Like our opinions on the best villains and assholes and pieces of shit in movies and TV. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> that should be uh, a title of a movie. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> so, uh, the, and these are, you know, in no particular order. There's a pretty random. Um, some yeah, of these aren't ranked or anything. These are people that like, for me, the way that I went about thinking about, you know, the biggest villains and, and, douchebags and cinema and tv was like how they affected me when i was watching it and like once the movie's over you know we've talked about before where if a movie's really good and really you know one of those movies that makes you think once you once the movie's over it's gonna affect you um arrival was like that for me last year <clears throat> so i tried to think about villains and and people like that that really affected me when i was done watching this movie i couldn't stop thinking about like how big of a dick they were or how scary they were or something like that <laughs> Oh my gosh. So the very first thing that came to my mind when you just said that was someone that's actually not even on my list, but it just popped in my head because it affected me so bad when I watched this movie. But have you ever seen um, No Country for Old Men? Have you ever seen that uh, movie? Oh, yeah. Yep, that's, yep. I think it's a Coen Brothers movie that won Best Picture that year. It had Josh Brolin, Woody Harrelson, and all that. But Javier, yeah, Javier, Bardem. Javier Bardem played somebody that scared the living shit out of me. Um, it's, it was I, Anton. Anton, yes. And his weapon of choice was that freaking cow poker, that thing that like you yeah. put up against the cow's temple and it with the pressurized and it like just pops him right in the temple and kills him instantly. Um, yeah, the one bullet or something like that. Yeah, that dude freaked me the hell out. That guy was. Well, ironically, scary. ironically, that's actually on my list. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's actually on my list. Uh, so yeah, he was he was actually on that list because I, I remember when I was done with that film, I was like, that guy's fucking scary. Because he has no emotion. No. He's he's actually he actually resembles somebody else that I have on this list, um, which I didn't think about till right now because he shows so little emotion. He just does what he's supposed to do and just goes by the book. But when he flips the coin. Yes. He reminds me of he reminds me of this other people that I have on my list or things I should say is the T800 and T1000 from Terminator 1 and 2. Oh yeah, for sure. Just no emotion, totally robotic. I mean, obviously they're robots, yeah. but <clears throat> Yeah, yes. yeah, just the way just the way they go about it and, and I never thought it never occurred to me before that um that Anton was like the Terminator where he just had a sole mission and he was just going to get that get that done. Yeah, and even after like the like everything is done and said, he's just like, nope, I I'm paid for this job, I'm going to do it. He still like kills, gets his man in the end. I mean, right. even even after it doesn't matter anymore. So it's yeah, exactly really creep that creeps me out um, big time. But uh, how how old were you when you watched the Terminator? Do you remember? Oh God, no, I don't. Um, definitely wasn't in the theater. It was definitely on VHS. Um, yeah, I saw it on HBO like when I was I think thirteen or fourteen. So it, like it already it came out like two years before I watched it. And I mean, it was scary, scary for me. I remember that, but I don't remember. I don't remember being freaked out like a Freddy Krueger because it was. 
even though the Terminator is kind of is kind of horror in that genre a little bit, mm-hmm. like sci-fi horror, I guess it is. It, it didn't scare me as much as Freddy Krueger. I, I remember that. Yes, um, that's that's another good villain. He he creeped me the hell out. Like the first couple of movies creeped me out. The rest of them were just really comical. Like once he started, you almost root for Freddy stuff. in those movies. Actually, yeah, he, like. Weird. Exactly. Like you, you see someone, you're like, oh, they're going to die. Oh, they're probably going to die like this. You know, like that wizard dude. You're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. The comic book guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The comic book guy. That was a good one. Um, so, yeah. he, so was Freddie on your list? Freddie wasn't on mine. Freddie, no, he's not on my list, but I kind of like. I mean, it's good to talk about him because, like, in the 80s, they had they had Freddie, they had uh, Jason, um, they had the Leprechaun guy from the Leprechaun <laughs> movies and, and some other, you know, Chucky, you know, all well, who that. Was, sh- who do you have on your list? Oh, well, I have, um, well, Hannibal Lecter uh, okay. was another villain that creeped me the hell out. But he really but, wasn't the, he really wasn't the villain, though. In well, in Sons of the Lambs, uh, he was kind of the it's villain. Buffalo but in, Bill. But in Hannibal, that's true. That's true. I mean, in Hannibal, he was more the the hero as well, but he was still pretty damn creepy. Um, yeah. Yeah, Buffalo Bill, that's a good one. He's like, did you want to fuck me? <laughs> he was like messed up. <laughs> um, I have Hans Gruber uh, because he was really uh, notable to me because that's like one of the, the first villains that I kind of encountered when I was starting to go see rated R movies and whatnot. Um, so in Die Hard, he was pretty iconic. You know, of course, it's Alan Rickman. Um, I have, believe it or not, I've got Sauron from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird because I remember watching the documentary and they were saying like, you know, they, they were talking about possibly putting him at the end of the movie of Return of the King. And then they decided they didn't, they just put him as this like, I, but it was creepy. I mean, cause like. It's unbelievable that the whole villain of the entire thing it really can't go anywhere or do anything. It's just sitting at the top of this tower, but it's <laughs> but it's controlling everything. It was super cool, you right. know. And every time you put the ring on, it would show itself and freak him out, you know. So that was pretty well done. Uh, who else? Uh, I've got a bunch more on my list, but what, who do you have as far as like movies are concerned? What do you? Uh, what do you have as far as movie list? goes, I yeah. have uh, Annie. I have Annie Wilkes from Misery. Oh shit, that's a good one. Yeah, like I remember, you know, there's that sweet, you know, middle-aged woman or whatever, you know, and she is fucking psycho bitch. Like, yes. Holy shit, psycho. And just uh, that movie creeped to me the fuck out because of how well Kathy Bates. I mean, she won I think she won an Oscar for that, didn't she? I think so, um, or at least nominated. But did you were you able to keep your eyes open when she took the the sledgehammer? Sledgehammer, yeah, but I haven't been able to watch it since. Uh, me neither. I've only watched it once. I, like, that was enough uh, for me. I think I've seen the beginning of RoboCop like twice, but I've seen the rest of the movie like twenty times. <laughs> oh, the hand the hand being blown off. <laughs> no, the whole thing. The whole thing is just fucking disgusting to me because yeah. the way Peter Weller, the way Peter Weller acts that scene as he's just like screaming like crazy, <laughs> it just freaks me the fuck out. Like the girl in Jaws in the beginning of Jaws. Oh, I yes. mean, there's nothing there, but it's her cries and her yells. That make that scene just horrific. Didn't they? Um, say, anyway, so didn't they say that I she have, broke uh, she broke her ribs at the beginning of that movie? Didn't she? Like the actress? I'm not sure. I, I think from I know, jerking her back and forth, I think they broke her ribs. They did but, something, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Jaws, I also have Jaws, that's uh, a good 
Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't count it. I left it more towards humans. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Commodus from Gladiator. Oh, damn. That's that kinda, a good one. Yeah. Cause he was just really creepy and like just fucked up. Um, Joffrey. Uh, well, actually, sorry. Well, I kind of ruined it, but that's from TV. Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Fucking hated I, that guy so much. I have him, but I hated, I hated Ramsey Bolton more though. Oh, uh, oh, right. I have both um, of them on there. I guess I'll go with another TV one is uh, the Trinity Killer from Dexter. Oh, shit. I have that written down, too. Yeah. He, um, um, John Lithgow. Jo- oh, God damn it. He's so good. I think he won. He got it. Had had to have won an Emmy for that. He was so creepy. Yeah, he's played bad guys before in the 80s and early 90s, but by far the Trinity Killer. Tops them all. He's he's so good in in that. Um, if if you're out there, we Dexter is one of those shows where we would definitely be reviewing it if it was on still. Oh my gosh! Uh, but if you yeah. haven't saw it, go back and watch it. I mean, the last two seasons aren't great. Um, but man, I think I think they started to go downhill after the Trinity Killer. I yeah. I mean, season uh, I want to say season six and nine. Somewhere around there, I think the first five seasons are still pretty strong, but yeah, yeah. But the season with the Trinity Killer was the best. It was really good, um, and he was creepy. I mean, how do you go from like a Third Rock from the Sun to like that? It's it's well, like he, don't forget he was in wasn't he in Ricochet some like movie with Denzel? He played the I bad guy thing. He might have been. He was also the bad guy in Cliffhanger with Sylvester Stallone. Right. I think a really cheesy yeah. movie up in the mountains. Um, one one that I know, one that I I'm gonna guess you might have on here is, I'm hoping you might have it, but um, is John Doe from Seven? Uh, I do have that. Uh, I he, actually I is, forgot what his name was though. Was I, a, have, I have I have Kevin he doesn't Spacey have a name. written down. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a name. It's John Doe. Yeah, you never know his name. Um, yeah, he he was fucking. It, it's even creepier watching that movie the second time around. I mean, well, the first time you go through it, it's pretty messed up, even when he's talking to Brad Pitt. But then you watch it the second time around, and all the things that he's actually saying to him, knowing what is coming, is even creepier. It, yeah, because you know what's going to happen. But then when you watch it again, you kind of like you're still you're bracing for impact again. But like, yeah, it's that movie's weird because you don't see the villain at all until the very end. Like you, I think right. at one point you might see them chasing him, but he disappears or whatever. But you don't see him until the very, very end. And he turns himself in, too. They didn't even catch him. So that was right, really exactly. creepy. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I have Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. He was oh, uh, okay. He was creepy. Um, he was like this mild-mannered dude. but And he owned all those chicken, you know, the like KFC kind of thing. What, what was it called? It was like... Not Pollo Loco. Oh, shit. I can't remember what his uh, business was called. He, something but, to do with chicken. Yeah, something to do with chicken. And he also had the laundromat and all that stuff, but he was selling meth on the side. But that dude was creepy. And then you saw his backstory, and you saw that he was actually a lot, like, kind of not meek, but he wasn't, like, the badass he was then. So, like, but some events turned him that way. Um, right. Such a great character. Um, did you ever watch Deadwood? No, no. Uh, it's one. It's on my list of things like shows I have to go back to, along with Six Feet Under. Okay, so well, I won't give it away, but uh, but um, the guy that plays uh, Swearingen, um, he is so freaking good. Uh, 
what's that guy's name? Uh, Ian McShane. Ian McShane. He's so freaking good on that show. Uh, do you have uh, – I have The Governor from uh, Walking Dead written down too. See, I had a hard time – I was thinking about uh, The Walking Dead, but I had a hard time pulling anybody from there um, just because, I don't know, I, the comic book kind of affects me with it too, knowing like, yeah. what they don't show. Yeah. So I, I kind of stayed away from that. Yeah, that shows like for some reason people are starting to jump ship. I don't know because of whatever. You know what's reason. funny is that they they did the exact opposite of Warner Brothers or DC. They're like, you know, how DC was like, oh, we want to make an R-rated, you know, because they're all knee-jerk to it. Yeah. You know, DC was like, we're going to make an R-rated Batman version and an R-rated, you know, whatever they're doing. But apparently recently The Walking Dead came out and said that we're going to show less violence. Yeah, well, a lot of I guess certain, a lot of pe- a lot more people since the Glenn episode. I guess the ratings have tanked since then. Yeah, I mean, I, I think because of the gratuitous violence. I mean, they actually filmed uh, filmed it with with less violence, but they showed the the one that they showed obviously, and it turned a lot of people off from the show. But I don't know, like, yeah, that's probably the height of the violence that they've gotten. But You've seen, I mean, you saw that one dude get torn apart by zombies, like his face torn off. And you can't. Uh, the one where Glenn was stuck in the. Yes, the, the, in the, the roundabout. Yeah. yeah. So you can't tell yeah. me that that didn't. Tar- I mean, if that, the bat to the head turned people off, you can't tell me that that other thing didn't turn. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I think, think it's, it's the character. It is I has to do the with character. the character, I suppose. Um, I mean, I, I haven't gone back and watched it since then, so I, I already either. know what the hell happens. I yeah. already know what happens because I've read the comic, but like, I still haven't gone back and watched it. I don't oh, know. You, I mean, oh, we've talked about it before. You haven't finished the season up, huh? You haven't? Uh, no, I'm not caught up. No, I haven't watched it since the Glenn episode. It gets a little better. I don't know. I, it kind of. I've heard it gets a little better, better, but I just like I said, like I've said, I've said before, like I feel like I'm just waiting for the next major death is the excitement of the show, and that just seems really dreary to me. Yeah, no, I, no, I I agree with you. It's it's not a way to go for the show, but you know, hopefully they're going to turn some stuff around. But uh, I also have, you know, I've got so back to movies a little bit. I have like we talked about how in Marvel, you know the villains aren't that great, but our favorite one was Loki. And, uh, so while he's not creepy and scary, he's a really cool villain. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. and we love, we love to hate that guy. We love to like that guy. So like he, we root for him, you know, and I, I can't wait to see him in some more Marvel movies. He's supposed to be coming up again in Thor Ragnarok. I hope, um, what else you got? As far as movies, I only have a couple more in movies, then I've got a bunch on uh, TV portion of it. I have uh, I have Heath Ledger's The Joker uh, on <sighs> F, here, yes. not because he was not because he was like scary on the level of like Freddy Krueger or I hated him so much like Joffrey, but if you just thought, just think for a second at how insane the Joker is in The Dark Knight, and if. He is so realistic and unrealistic at the same time where, like, if somebody would were to go crazy, he'd probably be like that, you know, as far as, like, a mastermind criminal would go. He'd probably act like that. And the thought of just sitting in a cell room with him 
even if it's in the police station and there's like guards everywhere, he would creep me the fuck out. <laughs> and, you know, I wouldn't want to sit in a room with him. I mean, just, just think about how creepy he is or yeah, you love him because he's, he steals the show in that movie. But, um, and uh, for me, it, it doesn't have anything to do with Heath Ledger's death. Why I'm more emotionally attached to that, that Joker. Cause mm-hmm. it's just really fucking good. He really does steal the, the whole movie. But if you really think about like that, like think about the craziness of everything that he says, right? And then as he successfully uh, tricks everybody and blows up the police department so that he can get uh, uh, that guy Lau, you know, he sticks his head out the fucking police car, shakes his head like a rabid dog in the wind. Yeah. I mean, he, it look, it's a gorgeous shot, but it's that's creepy to me. It is creepy. And if you go back to what Alfred said earlier, he's just like, it's just like there's no rhyme or reason sometimes. Sometimes people just want to see the world burn. They're just messed up, like just crazy. And that dude, like, didn't care about money. He didn't care about anything. He just cared about mayhem. That's all he wanted. And, uh, and that's what he lived for. And when you have someone like that in the world, it's that's, that's scary because, you know, at any point, anybody innocent or otherwise could, could, you know, die or whatever. And and then he just wants we to lost, keep, keep uh, it going. We lost a really good trilogy ending too, because of Heath Ledger's death as well. Yeah. We um, were robbed par- of that for sure. Because it was so recently it came out in the beginning. It was like, yeah, he was going to get mentioned, but Bane was always the villain of the third. And recently it just came out that that was not true. And that the Joker was supposed to be the main villain of the third movie. And then once he passed, they had to scramble and we got the Dark Knight Rises. The weakest of the three, in my opinion. Yeah. But but the trilogy was going to end with the Joker. Oh, that would have been so cool. My guess, my speculation would have been the final panel, almost a, a theatrical Christopher Nolan version of the final panel in The Killing Joke. Because that's like right there. That's right up. That's right up Christopher Nolan to fuck you with the ending, right? Yeah. (laughs) He just loves to. He just loves to leave the open ending. Um, and I, I I really believe that the 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 last panel of the Killing Joke probably would have ended the Dark Knight Rises. That would have been excellent. Um, I've been hearing rumors or reading stuff about the Killing Joke, possibly elements of it being in the in Affleck's Batman, but I, I don't know. I mean, there's still a lot of questions about. Robin well, they used it in the Dark why, Knight, too. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of questions about why he is the way he is, why he's killing people, why he's, you know, things are the way they are, whatever. And well, that wouldn't the, be that wouldn't be the killing joke, though. That would be that would be a death in the family. The, that's true, but you know what? They're I mean, they're they're mishmashing all sorts of things, and it's it's really it's bothersome. I don't I don't like when they take really important, like really cool storylines and they tweak it or change it so drastically that it, it totally takes away the meaning. I don't mind it if it, I don't mind if it works because what, what no one did with the killing joke parts of it in like, cause basically he takes the, the one part of the killing joke where he tries to turn commissioner, commissioner Gordon. Yeah. He, he pull he pulls that and tries to use it to convert Harvey Dent. Oh, so that, that was from the Killing Joke. Okay, that would have been interesting. And so, does- because he actually says that he actually says that in the movie, he's like, it, I think it's when he's 
hanging upside down and he gives that speech to Batman. Yes. And he's like, he says like, I just want to show you like that. If you have one bad day, you're going to turn into us. Well, that's directly from the killing joke. That's true. That's what he is. That's what he was trying to do to Gordon. And we know that Nolan wasn't going to have Batman having sex with Gordon. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, only if Joel Schumacher took over. (laughs) Yep. If you were referring to the other Gordon. Right. Exactly. Um, I have, I mean, of course you can't do a villain list and not include, uh, Darth Vader. Um, you know, when you watch, when I remember watching the original trilogy, I thought of Vader as like the ultimate villain. I mean, he was just scary, just killing people left and right. And then, you know, Lucas kind of like did the prequels and had you look at his background. And then by the end of the third one, I was like, man, you ruined fucking Darth Vader. Like you made him into this like (laughs) little whiny bitch. I'm like, really? You know, so it's really hard to go back and watch the prequels now, because I mean, now that we've seen rogue one, it brought the badass back out of like what Vader is like. He's very menacing and scary and, you know, someone you don't want to trifle with. And so I, again, because of when I watched star Wars, I I first thought of Vader, but I was never afraid of Vader because I had watched it through and through. And I already know he's, he redeems himself at the end in Jedi. So I was never afraid of Vader. Yeah. Uh, being a kid, I always thought he was cool, which kind of there's like articles out there about like Star Wars, like, you know, um, putting Vader up on a pedestal because he's basically, you know, like how scary could Vader be if you're selling like kids socks of his, you know, right. I mean? like to, right. to babies. And Rogue One was the first time that I ever saw Darth Vader through like my eyes. And I was like, "Holy shit, that guy's uh, like bad. Like, yeah, he is vicious." And I, ne- I never got that because, again, when I grew up watching Vader, like I, I really was robbed of a lot of feelings about Star Wars. You know, like I never really understood being afraid of Vader. You know, I never, mm-hmm. I never, uh, I never had an affliction for Boba Fett. You know, because of the time frame that I saw it in, right. Uh, no, I, I t- completely agree with you. I mean, imagine you being a kid and you watching something like Rogue One. It would scare the shit out of you. Right. I mean, that's scary. And you mean, but you mean when Vader goes ape shit? When he goes ape shit at the end. That yeah. I mean, I I'm forty, you know, almost forty four, and it freaked me out. I was trying to picture myself in that hallway, going, "Holy fuck! What do you do? You play dead?" It was just like you were do in you? like a, like Jason Voorhees was coming after you. Oh in, my in god! A, in the hallway. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you're stuck in a hallway with Daredevil and he's going to kick your ass. Um, so, yeah, it was that was not. But see, I was seven when I watched Empire Strikes Back. And that movie, to me, had a huge impact over all the movies because, you know, they revealed uh, that he was the father. I mean, he kicked the shit out of his son and cut his hand off. He was, like, choking people left and right through the whole movie. He saw his helmet off and his mangled head. I mean, I, by the end of that movie, I was just, like, an emotional wreck. I'm like, this dude's fucking crazy, you know? And Yeah, but see, you sat you sat in a theater and watched it all the right, way Right, when I was right? seven and years you, old, so it had a huge yeah, but, impact on me. But for me, it was always in the background. Like, yeah. HBO had always played it, so it was in the background. So I never really sat down and probably watched the entire movie. Until I was like, you know, in your 11, 20s. 12 or something like 
Because, you know, it was just on TV, leave it there, and then I go play with my Transformers or something. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't sit down and actually watch it and pay attention. So, like, I'd turn around and be like, oh, there's Luke's hand getting cut off. That's disgusting. You know, or, like, I'd turn around like, oh, I don't want to pay attention to this stuff. I want only want to watch the part where Vader and Luke fight. You know, like, I would just do (laughs) that. So, like, I watched it always out of place. So, the emotional attachment to a lot of things, like, were robbed for me. So... You know, I immediately thought of Vader, but for me, feeling-wise and how I grew up with Vader, it, it, it didn't, like, freak me out watching yeah. Darth Vader. It was, yeah, cool. it was cool to be Darth Vader. Yeah, he didn't have that, that impact. I know, and now Darth Vader's cool but and scary at the same time, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, So before we uh, go on, I just want to tell everyone out there, again, that we are on uh, Patreon, which is a great uh, website for artists uh, such as us or all kinds of different artists. And uh, with Patreon, you can go on there and you can donate as little as a dollar, and you get all different types of rewards from a dollar all the way up to whatever the highest tier is. But uh, the more money you donate, the more kind of rewards and stuff that you get. And it it is monthly, but you can change the amount that you want to donate each month if you'd like. And uh, we have some pretty cool – pretty cool rewards. I mean, one of them I think is a bonus pod. We actually have one in the higher ring where you can get uh, like a hat or a t-shirt with you on this. So you'd be part of the chew crew and uh, you can actually dictate what type of uh, pod you want us to uh, record for you. So we've got some really cool stuff. And again, as little as a dollar and that's patreon.com. So it's P A R wait, <laughs> I just spelled it totally wrong. Uh, Patreon P A T R-E-O-N dot com forward slash chew on this podcast. So that's patreon.com forward slash chew on this podcast. Be part of the Chew Crew, guys. Go on there and donate as little as a dollar a month. That's hardly anything. Um, so anyway, part of uh, part of the list I have, and he's not really a big villain, but I still like him, is Magneto. From the uh, the X Men movies, I really love Ian McKellen's portrayal of Magneto. Um, uh, what did you think of Magneto, like from the first X Men? Like at first, when I first saw him, I thought, "Oh God, what is this geriatric guy being Magneto?" But I ended up like liking him after a while, and and liking his uh, relationship the, with Professor X. The only reason I liked um, Magneto in the movies is because Ian McKellen's a great actor. Mm. Um, but I did not agree with hiring somebody that old, mainly yeah. because I knew the comic. Mainly because I knew the comic books. Um, you know, he, they're usually portrayed like in their forties because mm-hmm. everybody else is still in like high school almost or in their twenties. Um, so Professor X and Magneto to me were always in their forties or forty-five or you know maybe even fifty, but not at the same age as Ian McKellen. Right. Um, because in the in the future, it's Magneto who actually leads the X Men when the Sentinels take over the Earth. Um, so, so I, you know, I, I, I liked Magneto only because of Ian McKellen, but I didn't agree with them him casting somebody so old because it took a lot of it. It took something from that. A little bit, me. yeah. It it did, and I think that's kind of reason why they went to they started doing the first class movies to like go back to where they were younger. Um, to kind of inject a little more, like, I don't know, juice into the franchise by having them, having everyone young again. But, you know, did you like First Class, X-Men First Class? I did. I really liked it a Wait. lot, but 
Um, the, the, the one thing, the other thing that bothers, well, the other thing that bothered me about first class was like, you know, like I can't ever say his last name. Fassbender. Is that his last name? Fassbender. Yeah. Um, he's a great actor, but he's not German, you know, and in that, in first class and in, um, the first X-Men, you see the concentration camp, right? Mm -hmm. So they're, they're definitely He's definitely Jewish, German, Jewish person. Mm-hmm. And in both times, they both have British accents. And it, it, that bothered me to no fucking end. <laughs> it's like when you see like a movie about like Rome, right? Like I love Gladiator, right? It's the classical like Shakespeare thing to do. You, you, they're in Rome, you know, watching Gladiator. And I'm watching Gladiator and everybody has a British accent. Even the Australian guy has a British accent. But right. they should have all they they all have they should all have an Italian accent. <laughs> it, could, it could be worse, man. You could be watching Robin Hood with Kevin Costner and his horrible accent going in and out. Or uh, in the original X Men, where Halle Berry's Nigerian or African accent goes in and out. <laughs> right. It's th- that kind of shit. Does it, it totally? That kind of stuff really annoys me. Um, but at least she tried. <laughs> I mean, and then she gave up. At least she tried. <laughs> She tried and she fucking failed. But like, it's not like Ian McKellen's trying to do a German accent. I mean, for fuck's sake, you show you show him in Germany, in the German concentration camp, and he's fucking got a British accent. Yeah, that's really weird. <laughs> oh, that was actually a good villain. Is Kevin Bacon in that movie? He he freaked me out too. He was kind of scary. He did. Yeah, some really crazy I feel like shit. the the really I feel like the really calm. Um, like villains in in this in, in movies usually freak me out the the most. I didn't get freaked out by this, but um, I can't remember his name. He was in uh, Inglorious Bastards. He was the German. The oh, Nazi Christopher Waltz. Oh, that yeah. whole scene. He in was. The, oh, yeah. Tarantino's so really good at good. doing those scenes where everything look everything's all light and funny and happy and all that stuff, but you but it's intense and you know something's about to happen, then everything just goes ape shit. Right. Um, yeah, Chris Christoph Waltz, he's fantastic. I think he won an Oscar for that. He kind of blew up after that. Yeah, he's a, he's a really great, great in that movie. Yeah, I have. Um, I also have uh, Voldemort. <laughs> Even <laughs> what are you six? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's kind of creepy. I mean, when he pops up in in Goblet of Fire, he was he kind of freaked me out a little bit. Um, and then after that, he kind of really didn't anymore. I don't know. I wasn't that freaked out about him after that, but, um, he's definitely, he's definitely a big name villain, but like for me, it didn't creep me out. It didn't really affect me. Like after watching the movie, Yeah, you know, even when he showed up, uh, what was it? The Ralph, Ralph Fiennes was the first Rafe Fiennes first portrayal is the Goblet of Fire, right? Yes. I mean, he did a great job in it and he's, he's fucking Voldemort to me. Um, I just, I don't know. It just doesn't, it didn't creep me out as much as somebody else like Annie Wilkes. Annie Wilkes. Yeah. Oh, for for sure. For sure. Um, I don't really have anything much more. What about TV? Did you, did you do all the TV? Well, yeah, TV. I have, um, did you ever watch that show? Prison break. I don't know if you ever watched that. No, it's, it's, I I never watched it until it finished. And then somebody was like begging me to watch, watch it on Netflix. So I did really dug it. I mean, if, especially the first couple seasons and then it gets like kind of ludicrous what, the things that happened, but I still enjoyed it for what it was. But there was a guy on that show, he went by the name Teabag. 
of all things. <laughs> and yeah, and and he creeped me the fuck out because he was like in the in the prison with them, and he would be the guy that would you know see the fresh meat come in and he'd grab them and like that would be his bitch pretty much and he and he had his pocket turned out and the and his little bitch would be holding the pocket as he walked around kind of like like a leash you know and it was creepy the guy the guy was totally creepy and then after a while like if you watch the show he kind of they integrate him into the gang a little bit and but he's still an asshole um you got to watch that show when you get a chance i i know that they're reviving it next year or this year it's still like on a, Netflix, I think. Like a, yeah, it is. Um, I think they're reviving it for like a mini series this year. So I'm really excited. I, and I think that's why Captain Cold disappeared from Legends of Tomorrow because he's the lead. And his brother, is Heatwave, um, is also in it. Um, but I don't know how much he's in it. So, um, And then Lori from Walking Dead plays the female lead. So they're all – I'm excited. Okay. I, can't, I can't wait to see that. But if you – Watch that show. Let me know because it's it's super cool. Um, who do, who else do you have on TV? I got a few more on TV, but I, I imagine you might have the same ones I do. Um, I actually have more movies. Um, it's actually funny you bring a Prison Break, but I I have I had a, I had a tough time with this one because I didn't know which one I hated more. But um, I forget <laughs> their names. The 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 head security the head security guy at the prison for um oh shit I'm drawing a blank with Morgan Freeman uh, Shawshank Redemption oh uh, shit the, yes the head, the head security guard and also also the um I, I, <laughs> I got Harry Potter in my mind I want to say headmaster but that's not right <laughs> <laughs> the warden yeah the warden. The warden okay. and the head security, the the head uh, officer. Now he two, did, uh, but I couldn't did, stand. He was cooking their books or doing ta- their tax fraud or something for them, right. wasn't he? But but he it first started with the security guard. But he was screwing him. He left some evidence behind to screw them over when he escaped, though, right? It was something like that. He didn't leave any. He, didn't leave, he stole all the evidence. He stole the evidence and basically right. swapped it out. Right. Yeah, that was good. Oh, that movie's so good. What about the security yeah. guard? There's also a security guard in um, the Green Mile. That was a real dick. Uh, and, oh right, that little fucker. Yeah, he didn't put the sponge on the guy's head when he got electrocuted. Yeah. so he got fried. Big oh, time. I hated that guy. Yeah. Yeah, like, and then he turned into a weirdo in real life. Oh yeah, he married like a 15, 16-year-old or something, didn't he? Uh 18, whatever her name I is. I think they're divorced now, but yeah, he was like in his 50s and she was like in her teen she was teenager. That's the guy. Whatever. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I hated I hated him in, in He's in, a in, villain in, in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um So I have so you had Joffrey before, which that's a great one because he was such an asshole. Like he was just he was like so twisted. I don't think he like. I think the books described him as he didn't sleep with women or anything. He wasn't really that interested. He was more interested in torturing and and bringing pain to people. Um, yeah. But I also hated Ramsey Bolton. I hated that guy. Like he took what's his name and like cut his dick off and like right. tortured that guy, turned him into reek. That I hated that part in Game of Thrones. I'll never go back and watch that. But. Um, he got he really got his at the end, you know, with the dogs eating his face. Spoilers. Uh it was fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, totally. Um I have you know, 
So we talk a lot about the flash and season one, I thought was so fantastic. I really liked or really liked or really hated, uh, the reverse flash. I thought they did a really good job with the reverse flash. Now, consequently, mm-hmm. there's just tons of speedsters, but that first season, I thought that villain was very solid because it was like pretty much the yin and the yang. It was the opposite or whatever you want to call it. What would you call that? His doppelganger, his opposite, his opposite. So you had, you know, a guy that was trying to be a hero, being a speedster and another guy <laughs> creating mayhem. Yeah. Hence, hence the name, re- hence the name reverse flash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Right now I look at that and I'm like, that's a really bad name. <laughs> um, opposite of you. Um, who else do I have? Uh, <laughs> I have the Borg written down. <laughs> I was what? the Borg. I was a big um, oh. Next Generation fan, and I remember when they introduced the Borg. It that scared the shit out of me. I was like, "Man, these these guys are creepy." And then, then they they kind of took that storyline. You know, when um, what's his name, Patrick Stewart became a Borg, Lotus Locutus of Borg, or something like that, and they were able to like get him back and get all the implants out before they set it set in for too long or whatever. But, but he still had this like connection with the Borg. And that's why when you watch that movie first contact, which is by far the best next generation Star Trek movie, um, he still had that connection with the Borg and the Borg queen. And that's that movie's still pretty tight. I like that movie. But yeah, I thought the Borg were, were like these really cool, like, villains that Star Trek created and the way they did it, if I remember right, I think Q who was like kind of a, he wasn't a villain. He was more like mischievous and a, and a being that could, he was like, he was godlike. He could do whatever he wanted. And he reminded, he always reminded me of Mixoplex. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mixoplex. Yeah, exactly. He was like, you know, godlike or magic or whatever. But there's a part in it where, you know, Patrick Stewart, I can't remember what he said now, but he says something to the effect of like, you know, oh, something about, you know, we don't know what's out there and all this stuff. And like, you know, everything, the universe is scary or whatever. And, and the guy goes, oh, there's shit out there you haven't even seen yet. And he transports like them way f- like f- far into the universe somewhere where the Borg exists. And then the Borg like t- – like teleport in there and they'd like defeat him. But then all of a sudden they can't defeat him because they've assimilated and they can't like, like they, you know, when you shoot them a few times, the laser beams, they figure it out and then they create a force field, you know, whatever they adapt. And then, and then he's like, Oh shit. Okay. You're right. And then Q like makes this, makes him disappear and sends him back to the regular universe. And he's just like, yeah, you haven't seen anything yet. And that, what that does is it triggers the Borg to, like want to seek out the humans at that point to assimilate them. Cause that's a new species they've never met before. So I thought the Borg was a genius, um, really good villains. Um, and then they use them way too much later on, but whatever, that's pretty much Star Trek for you. What else, uh, what do you have on your list? Cause I think I'm, I'm almost tapped out. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> so I, have, I have one that's kind of funny now being almost 30 and you're over 30. But uh, the one I have uh, on there was from my childhood, and it was Mumra from uh, Thundercats. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, all right, if you watch the cartoon now, it's pretty, it's pretty cheesy, right? <laughs> but, but as a kid watching that show, right, 
Mumra is a fucking dead person. It's he's basically a zombie, right? Mummy, and yeah, he's Mumra. in that creepy. He's in that creepy fucking pyramid <laughs> where he's been buried for years. And then, like when he transforms, his bandages come off and shit. And you know, in like real life, that stuff's not as like chiseled. It's probably all fucking gross and shit. Like you could see his liver. Yeah. Well, actually, he wouldn't have a liver. He actually, wouldn't have a liver because all his organs would have been all taken the organs off. Organs would his be fucking, removed. Yeah. Right, so, but, like, that creeped me out, like, the whole, you know, his bandage falling off. <laughs> Mumra. If I go back and watch it, yeah, if I go back and watch it now, you're like, oh, God, you were such a pussy because yeah. it's so stupid. <laughs> well, well, I have, actually, I have Skeletor on my list because I remember being creeped Skeletor, out by that dude Skeletor is worse. Skeletor is yeah. worse. Yeah. His voice is fucking be- like I I think if I met Skeletor in real life with that same voice I I'd fucking keel over like dying laughing. He'd probably kill me and I wouldn't even know it because I'd be <laughs> laughing so laughter. fucking hard at his voice. Like he was like Mike Tyson before Mike Tyson, you know what I mean with the voice? Cuz like Mike Tyson's like the baddest was the baddest guy on the planet back then, but he had this like really be- like weak voice. Yeah. That's Skeletor. Like Skeletor has this like annoying like 70 year old lady voice and that's what how, what they did you know i guess to take away the scariness of his look is to like make put that voice on him because you remember <laughs> uh, do you ever watch uh when you were a kid did you watch inspector gadget it was like yes because th- so you never got to see the villain but you always saw yeah. like the claw and they called him the claw or whatever but he had this like really like deep voice you know that like that yeah. that was kind of freaky but it was that guy was in a couple another voice for another cartoon too Oh really? He did the same. Yeah, like you know, Cobra Commander and Starscream are the same. Oh yeah, well, the yeah. guy for, for the guy for Claw was a voice for some other cartoon. I can't remember what, but it was basically the same thing. It was the, the same, same kind voice. of voice. Yeah, yeah. They try to use that really deep, like creepy, creepy voice. Um, so one of my favorite things, or one of our favorite things from a couple of years ago, was that first season of Daredevil, and uh, they really created a very oh. unique and complex villain, uh, Kingpin. You know, Wilson Fisk, played right. by uh, Vincent Vincent D'Onofrio, was absolute, just amazing, so amazing, spot on. Yeah, it was spot on. Um, and like, created, I can't created I, a backstory. I, I love. Yeah, I know. I, I love Daredevil. Um, I love Luke Cage. Even though I I would love to see them in the Marvel universe, I I, I I'm kind of apprehensive about it. Mm-hmm. But I fucking so see Carlton Fisk, I so see Vincent D'Onofrio in Spider Man Homecoming. I'll I fucking know. lose it. I swear to God, I, I if he shows up in in Spider Man, oh my God, I'm gonna lose it. He he fits. He really fits in that universe. Um, and he's one of Spider-Man's greatest villains. So, I mean, but I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, we can only hope and wish, yeah. but they're kind of really separating those things out, um, unfortunately. But, you know, we do have um, – we are going to see him again. I know they mentioned that he will reenter the Marvel Universe. Now, whether or not it's in the Defenders or if it's in uh, the next season of Daredevil, but he's going to be back. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was Absolutely. a good one because Marvel doesn't have a lot of great villains, and I would think other than because like Loki is more there for charm, yeah. you know. But as for far sure. as complexity goes, it, Fisk is way more complex than Loki, um, just because it's a TV show and they give you all that opportunity to build that story. But but F- he D'Onofrio is so good; he, he deserves to be on the big screen. 
Yeah, he he's really really good. Um, I, I thought about Kilgrave too because I I did rewatch Jessica Jones and I think someone I think was it Ben Schwartz on our podcast he was mentioning something about um, how Kilgrave you know when he was a kid he had those powers and he never really grew up because he was just that that snotty little whiny kid who wanted right. his way. And when I thought, when he had said that on the podcast and I thought about it and went back and watched it again with that in my head and watching it, he's pretty fucking creepy because at any time he could do something so crazy and drastic, he could just tell right. you to go, he can tell you to go fuck yourself and then, then you're going to try to do that, you know, until, yeah. But, but for me, stop. until there was a, there was that part, I, I kind of got that through the show but there was a part where um, Jessica's no longer afraid of him. That uh, that he changes, and I guess him reverting back to that you know child or whatever that lost child kind of took away a lot of his um, I don't know aura about him. Yeah, to me. Yeah, so, I mean, I've... I guess that's a good thing too because you're seeing it through Jessica's eyes. Yeah, that was a tough one because. You know, that show, I, I love the 13-episode format, but for that one, for whatever reason, I felt like they could have done it in 10. Because, like, he did he did lose his luster a little bit. They really built him up, and then he did do some things that were really creepy. But then they just kind of made him really sniveling and whiny, and, you know, he's just a big brat. But, um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's... That's pretty much all the villains I have on my list. I know there's just a million more, and we just like basically. Yeah, just... I know we're I know we're forgetting a whole bunch, but this was a good start to have. Yeah, um, for sure. So like this, it'd be kind of neat to do at some point, you know, where we have some time is to do a, a one on uh, on heroes because there's a lot of really cool heroes out there too. Um, and nerd yeah, and this would have been a lot that that episode that episode would have been a lot easier. <laughs> you know, if it, if it had taken totally. place like ten year, ten years ago, because now you got so much to pick from. Oh yeah, there's so many to choose from. That's for sure. But um, yeah, anything else you want to add? No, that's it. There's your villains, folks. We just went to the dark side uh, tomorrow or three days ago. We have just entered a new realm, a new presidency. So this was very fitting. To talk about villains and how'd you put it? Villains and assholes <laughs> and douchebags. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> villains and assholes and douchebags. Oh my. <laughs> anyway, that was episode 64 of Chew on This, a Nerd United podcast. I'm BJ. Vic. Until next week, folks, chew on that. Later. <laughs>